0: From Belly Up Sports and the Belly Up Podcast Network, you're listening to the Sports Stove Podcast with your host, Vince Stover.
1: Welcome to today's edition of the Sports Stove Podcast, brought to you by Skull Candy and Blue Coolers and Belly Up Sports. And today we are talking all things NFL leading up to the championship weekend between the Buccaneers and the Packers and the Bills and the Chiefs. And joining me again today is minority owner of the Green Bay Packers and my dad, Dale Stover. Dad, thanks for being back with us.
2: Hey, appreciate the opportunity.
1: Oh well, you know, uh, like I said last time, uh, I got some some owing owing you to do. So uh, we're trying to get even for all the good things you've done for me over the years. Uh, but uh, today, our our episode is brought to uh, sponsored by Skull Candy, and Skull Candy is a great place to find wireless earbuds, uh, headphones, speakers, all kinds of other things as well, and a lot of specials going on right now. Uh, at Skullcandy through the end of January. So discover life at full volume with headphones, earbuds, speakers, and more. Skullcandy is your one-stop shop for new music, culture, and audio built to stay loud. We will attach a link for Skullcandy as well as our other sponsor, Blue Cooler. We'll post that on the audio notes, uh, the podcast notes, as well as the comment section of YouTube for folks to click. If you'll use the link that we post, It'll let them know that you've listened to our podcast and are visiting them via that, via our podcast, so we'd surely appreciate the the support there. All right, Dad, we're talking about the NFL. We're going to start off, before we get to the games, we'll cover all the other stuff going on. The NFL coaching carousel has almost come to a stop with one team left to to hire a coach, and that's the Houston Texans. Let's talk through these coaches real quick and kind of get your thoughts on them. We'll start kind of from the beginning. The Jacksonville Jaguars hired Urban Meyer. We saw this coming for a while. As a matter of fact, on this podcast, many months ago, I tried to tell people Urban Meyer would be the Jacksonville Jaguars head coach. And I have to brag about the ones I got right because it doesn't happen all the time. But that one I did get right. Urban Meyer comes in. He's bringing in Daryl Bevel as the offensive coordinator and Joe Cullen, the Baltimore Ravens defensive line coach as the defensive coordinator. What are your thoughts with Urban Meyer in Jacksonville? You know, college coach coming into the NFL. What kind of success do you think he's going to have?
2: Well, it would be interesting. He obviously, you know, as you look at all these coaches, there's not a massive amount of NFL experience, and I'm sure we'll hit that as we go down the list. And Urban Meyer doesn't, but he has, of course, great amount of coaching experience. I would assume he will be kind of an organizer, director. Um, he'll motivate, but I think having good assistance really is going to be important for all these guys. Uh, but for him, you know, he's made a lot of statements about his physical health, uh, his family's concern, and he has a plan to be careful about that. And, um, again, I think he can provide leadership, provide motivation, obviously a wealth of football, uh, experience, probably a really good talent evaluator, even though, you know, he's not the GM. And, um, I, you know, there's chance he'll do well again, you know, um, we talked earlier about that being a potentially a good job and they do have the first pick, not a massive amount of talent. Cause they kind of cleaned the house some this year. Um, so I think it could take him a little while, but I, think he'll create a big buzz with the fans. Uh, their fans can rally pretty quick and, um, I would expect, you know, he'd have success. How much? How quick, you know? That's hard to say.
1: Well, I mean, you think Trevor Lawrence is going to be the number one draft pick? So there's just quarterback. Then you've got some, you got some talented receivers there. Sharks, yes. not bad. They brought in the rookie uh, Levisky. Um, I'm saying that wrong. Brought in a rookie this last year. They also have got a talented rookie running back that had a phenomenal season. I think on your fantasy football team this year. Yeah. And uh, you know, and then on the defense, there's still room to grow for sure. But you also look at the division. You know, Tennessee they've had two good seasons, but I don't think they're scaring a whole lot of people. Um, Houston is going down the wrong direction. Indianapolis, we don't know who their quarterback's going to be. Um, so that division might be kind of wide open for the in the next maybe two years for Jacksonville to make a legit run and uh, there's been a lot of talk about Urban Meyer bringing in a lot of very skilled, um, experienced guys on his coaching staff. Daryl Bevel, of course, been around a long time uh, in, in the NFL, and, and uh, but supposedly he's bringing in his whole staff is going to be full of experienced guys that should help him. So yeah, I think it's an interesting fit, and I think Meyer, I mean, he's yet to fail anywhere that he's been, so I guess it's a matter of can he, can he uh, change it to the NFL? And like you said, I, I agree with you. I think he's going to be that game manager, that uh, the guy that's kind of um, – uh, he's going to let the offensive coordinator do his job and the defensive coordinator do his job and just kind of be there to support that and to make sure that it's going the direction he wants it to go. Uh, New York Jets, they hired Robert Salah. He's uh 49ers defensive coordinator. They're in a unique spot also. Number two draft pick, they've got Sam Darnold. A lot of talk about trades with possibly Houston to get Deshaun Watson, uh, which would, I think, immediately lift the Jets uh, to next year. But nonetheless, they don't have Deshaun Watson right now. What do you think about the New York Jets,
2: John, and Robert Slott? Um, He's obviously going to create a lot of energy, a lot of excitement. I think one thing they needed was things to be positive because it had been so negative, and he's going to provide that right off. Um, Again, his uh, offensive coordinator, of course, is um, Michael Fleur, who has some history there, even though, you know, I don't know if he's been an offensive coordinator. And he, um, you know, a, again, his hires will be important. That draft pick will be important, uh, or if they can make the trade, um, you know, the question's kind of out on their other quarterback, but I, you know, I think he would be a, a potential to be all right, too and um i think one of the big questions there is would be how well Sal, Sal, Salah and um the gm work together cuz they do not have any experience uh the gm has not worked with him and um You know, as far as I know, the GM hasn't made a lot of blunders, but obviously it's going to be important, you know, for him to provide the players and for them to be on the same page. As far as being great with the players, uh, that was kind of a trend with a lot of these coaches. It seemed like they want guys who can relate to the players, um, create excitement there. And I think definitely Salah would do that. And um, again, you know, they're down talent wise. They've been down for a while um their division you know be kind of interesting also even though a couple teams you know are on the uprise there so um i i think he's got potential again he'll create excitement he'll get some time and um and we'll see
1: yeah and uh you know mike lafleur comes over from san francisco so he's been under the shanahan regime for a while Uh, I think he was the passing game coordinator maybe in San Francisco. I forget Mm -hmm. what his title was, but he didn't call the plays. Of course, he's the brother of Packers head coach uh, as well. So uh, he's been around though for a long time and ideally bringing that offensive system into the jets. uh, For me, the most interesting thing with them is trying to figure out if it's going to be Sam Darnold or if they're going to go Justin Fields or Zach Wilson at number two, kind of what they're going to do at quarterback. I think, um, Personally, I think Miami or the Jets are the really the only two landing spots for Deshaun Watson just with draft capital and things like that because Houston's not going to trade him to Jacksonville in the division. They're not going to trade him to Indianapolis in the division. So it just that basically leads the number two and the number three pick or Sam Darnold and two. I mean, there's different options there, but uh, – I think Salah coming in, he's got a lot to prove because last year he was a hot name. Uh, a lot of people interviewed him, things like that. Obviously, um, people in Detroit really wanted him with the Lions, and we'll get to them in just a second. Uh, going to New York, it, it takes a unique personality to handle the New York media and all that goes on in New York. And, uh, you know, he's going to have a young staff around him as well, and uh, but young players. And sometimes a young staff with young players is a positive thing, and I think he's going to control the locker room well uh, as well. So that'll be interesting to see how that goes. Atlanta Falcons, they hired Titans offensive coordinator Arthur Smith, who interviewed with every single team opening, I think with the exception of maybe Jacksonville. Um, Arthur Smith has already announced he's bringing in Dean Pease out of retirement, defensive coordinator. Uh, then he's also got uh, Dave Ragone the, uh, from Chicago, a Chicago pass coordinator. Uh, they're coming as his offensive coordinator. Uh, Atlanta, aging quarterback, a lot of question marks there with them. I know you liked Atlanta. It's a good spot for for a new coach. What do you think about Arthur Smith in Atlanta?
2: Uh, I think you know again he was a good hire. Of all the guys, he probably has the most NFL experience. At least he called plays. Mm-hmm. He has done that now for two years. He'll have experience with that. Um, I you know I I think he's in a good spot. You are right about the aging quarterback. Um, of course, what they they have a new GM there now too. And um, I think all that will be, you know, the talent they can get. Um, Julio Jones, you know, is getting older. Of course, Ridley has done great. Um, They've got some people there. Um, Again, I was in Tennessee there for a while, and this defensive coordinator, they were very, very high on him. And I think he did real well there in Tennessee. Uh, I don't think he'll be around a long time, But uh, he could really stabilize things and get things going in a direction with the defense. That seemed to be a very good hire. And um, I think he's got a chance to to do well, do well early. And like I said, experience-wise, he's about at the top of the list with NFL experience and the fact that he's called plays.
1: Yeah. And again, you look at their division, New Orleans is going to be without Drew Brees. Now who do they bring in? They might bring in a top tier quarterback. I don't know. Uh, then you've got Tampa with an aging Tom, Tom Brady, and we don't want to talk too badly about Tom Brady just yet. We might wait a week on that But <laughs> yeah. um, uh, with Tampa and Carolina. It's kind of uncertain right now. They've got a, some, some talent, but even their quarterback situation's up in the air. So in that division, there's a possibility for a quick rise again uh, from there. I don't know a whole lot about Arthur Smith, but, um, He's one of the few guys you know that I've heard a whole lot about before this year um, and uh, and whatnot. So, so I don't have a whole lot to add to that. The Los Angeles Chargers, which I thought was the best job out there, uh, it goes to the Los Angeles Rams defensive coordinator Brandon Staley, who was a hot commodity late in the coaching carousel interviews and things like that as well. He comes in, takes over one of the top defensive. Uh, units or what should be one of the top defensive units. So they've got a Bosa brother. They've got Ingram. They've got uh, Duran James. They've got some real talent there. And then they obviously have Justin Herbert and a talented offense as well. Um, any thoughts on Los Angeles Chargers bringing in Brandon Staley?
2: Well, again, um, you know, he was a hot commodity there late. I think he was a little bit of a surprise because, they, you know, there were some other rumors that guys were set to go – a guy was set to go there um, – I guess he's probably the youngest of the new coaches, Um, but again, should relate well to players or create excitement. He obviously knows LA since he's been there with the Rams. Um, You know, he does have talent. He has some things to work with um you know getting the right coordinators and people around him um you know he'll definitely create excitement and he you know the word is that you know he's very talented and you know we've seen young coaches come in without coaching experience and do well uh they just have to get in the right spot so
1: yeah i didn't look at the numbers but you know he took over for wade phillips with the defense there in los angeles and they, they got drastically better under him, which was rare because Wade Phillips typically, as a defense coordinator, is one of the top in the league, um, but really struggled last year under Wade Phillips. He leaves. Brandon Staley steps up, and the defense is number one, I believe, in the league this year. And, of course, they have some talented players there. Would you rather have the Charger
2: job or the Rams job right now? Um. You know, that that's probably a good question. Um, the Rams have stayed, you know, they kind of went all in and didn't make it a year ago, but they were back to the playoffs this year. Uh, now, again, their defense was really good. And this is their defensive coordinator that's left. So, um, again, I think they have a good coach. But um, I don't know. That, that, that's that's probably a fair question. Again, they've got a great young running back. Um, they've got some people there. So, um, and they'll always, I think, be able to attract free agents.
1: Yeah, I think, I think you look at quarterback and I'd more rather have Herbert over Goff. I think the Chargers job's a little bit more appealing right now than is the Rams job, but uh, you have a lot more flexibility in the Chargers job as far as finances and things like that too. Um, Interesting hire, maybe the most interesting hire of the coaching carousel, the Detroit Lions Bring in Dan Campbell, most recently with the New Orleans Saints. He was an interim head coach in Miami a few years ago uh, and has been around a few different staffs. Dan Campbell brings with him Aaron Glenn from New Orleans. He'll be the defensive coordinator, former cornerback. And then he also brings in uh, Baltimore's QB uh, coach, James Urban, as the offensive coordinator. Dan Campbell in Detroit. I don't know if you got a chance to see his uh any of his press conference or any of the videos from that. It's quite interesting. What are your thoughts on Dan Campbell being the new head coach in Detroit?
2: Well, like I said, he you know he doesn't have experience as far as he's not been a coordinator I don't think anywhere. Um you know he was an interim coach but they didn't keep him on um there uh again, he's kind of the opposite of all these other guys hired as far as being a player's coach and that. I mean, you know, he, you know, he wants to rally people. He wants people to be excited. Will people buy into that? Uh, his press conference was very interesting, no doubt about that, you know, biting kneecaps and, and those type of things. But, um, you know, again, to me, you know, he'll need to have a good plan Um, not just be able to, you know, try to motivate people speaking-wise. I thought it was interesting. You know, he said in his press conference he wasn't going to just say a lot of coach speak, but everything was raw, raw. I mean, that was what that whole thing was about. And um, I think the question is, will Detroit buy in? The, The good players they have, will they buy in? Is he a guy that's going to attract free agents? Are they going to want to come there? Uh, what do they do with that draft pick? You know, they can make a good choice there and that would be a help to them. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. Like I said, it, in some ways, uh, he's he is to me the exact opposite of most of these other coaches as far as connecting with people.
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't understand the hire. Um, he was... Uh, And so in Miami, he was a coaching intern in 2010, tight ends coach for four years, interim head coach in 2015. He went five and seven as the interim head coach, which isn't horrible for a team that had to fire their coach at the beginning of the season. Um, In New Orleans, he was the assistant to the head coach and the tight ends coach before now being the Detroit Lions um, head coach. Of course, he was a player. Um, in Miami, the, the players loved him in Miami. Um, he didn't get he didn't get retained uh, there, but the players absolutely loved him while he was there from everything that we can tell. Um, I just you know, you're thinking the young offensive minded guys or even the young defensive minded guys in Salah and and Staley you got Urban Meyer, who's an s- incredibly successful college coach, Dan Campbell. He's not the young, innovative kind of mindset. <laughs> He's more of, like you said, that raw, raw kind of guy. He's going to scream and yell and motivate that way. Very intriguing hire. We'll see how that turns out for Detroit. Um, we are Packer fans, and so it, for us, I don't think we're too worried about it. Um, but who knows? Uh, stranger things have happened as Dan Campbell gets his first full-time head coaching gig in Detroit. Then, announced here most recently, the Philadelphia Eagles, they go out and get Indianapolis offensive coordinator Nick Sirianni, and he comes over uh, most recently working for Frank Reich, who was the offensive coordinator when the Eagles went to the Super Bowl and won the Super Bowl. Uh, So there's some some things looking up there. He's the young, offensive, innovative mind kind of guy as well. What are your thoughts on that hire by Philadelphia?
2: it seemed like it was a really good hire being they were one of the last ones um, there. Of course, it's funny because several names surfaced here as of late. And um, if it really did come down to uh, him and the fellow from New Orleans, then, uh, you know, they're total opposites. And I saw today where they said, you know, he, again, should connect well with players, um, connect well with fans. You're right. He's a young offensive mind. He had good, success you know in indianapolis he's been under a good coach there with reich and um for being they were the sixth one out of seven to get a coach i looks like they got a pretty good guy
1: yeah he was with the chargers uh 2013 through 2017 and a variety of different roles quarterback coach wide receiver coach offensive quality uh coach as well he was in kansas city for a few years uh, working with uh, quarterbacks and, and different offensive places, spent some time in college. Mount union was a defensive back coach uh, uh, and a wide receiver coach as well. And so uh, he comes in uh, with, you know, I think you look at coaching trees or you look at who he's worked under and you think okay, this could be good. Um, and again, I think the connection with Reich and uh, you know, I think, I think Philadelphia would take Frank Reich in a heartbeat if they could, but um Nick Sirianni. It'll be interesting to see what he is. Uh, he's he, to me is a lot like Lafleur when he came into Green Bay. It's a guy that you hadn't heard a whole lot about, um, didn't know a whole lot about. But when you look at the teams he's worked with and the success that the the units that he's worked with have, have had, you go, oh, this looks like it could be potentially something uh, special for Philadelphia. Of course, the big question for them is: Do they keep Carson Wentz? Do they go with Jalen Hurts? Do they completely? throw both of them away and go with something else. I assume from everything that I hear, I'm assuming that Carson Wentz is the quarterback in Philadelphia next year. And uh, that's the reason, one of the reasons why Peterson was fired um, is they chose Wentz over Peterson. But uh, I mean, this is going to be interesting for Philadelphia because, you know, Philadelphia fans don't have very much patience uh, (laughs) to wait out, give them plenty of time to succeed. He's going to have to succeed pretty quickly and a lot of pressure now on really the Philadelphia GM to put together a roster that can win games again because they have been depleted. Um, very, very little depth in a lot of areas. And uh, so that's going to be interesting to see there as well. So the last team left is Houston. Um, of course, the the big buzz on social media is Eric Biennemi needs a job as a head coach. He said today, all the right things. Yes, I want to be a head coach, but right now, My main job is making sure I stay focused on the task at hand. And I don't know if Houston's the job that you want if you're Eric bien but as they say, there's only 32 of them out there, so you got to take what's available to you. Houston also interviewed Joe Brady, who's in Carolina now, of course well-known for his time at LSU. Uh, Jim Caldwell, Leslie Frazier, Marvin Lewis, all former head coaches. Matt Eberflus, which is uh, Indianapolis defensive coordinator – and then uh, David Coley, Coley, which was with the Rams as a wide receiver coach, as well. Most people have this pinned down to Eric Bieniemy, but I don't know. Um, you know, I know that neither you or I have had a chance to interview Eric Bieniemy, but um, I mean, from the outside looking in, doesn't it doesn't it seem like he is deserving of a head coaching opportunity?
2: Yes, and really, I'm what a few weeks ago you know, you were hearing, hey, he would have his choice. And then after that, the the chips were starting to fall. Well, that wasn't the case. I think in some cases, you know, these guys did interview um, with a lot of teams. And so if if they were going to get who they wanted, they needed to move ahead. Um, Again, it's a good chance he could get this job because he can't sign until Kansas City's done. Um, but yes, I, I'm, everything you heard is he would be an excellent coach. Um, and I would think that he, you know, he probably is, he'd been, um, you know, being under Andy Reed and, and, you know, places he's been, um, you know, he was a player. So as far as relating with people, um, again, Houston is really tough spot. Seems like right now it's kind of a mess in a lot of ways, um, Part of it would be, you know, their best player. Can they keep Deshaun Watson? You know, you hear that Deshaun Watson probably is for this. I even heard he was in on the interview. I don't know if that's true. But, um, you know, um, that would be part of it, I guess, uh, is holding on to him. But like you said, if, if they know what to do and they have a new GM and being he's from New England, you know, I would like to think, you know, he he would know what he's doing. And so if he could get a lot of draft picks, um, it, that could be a help to him. Um, again, depends on how much freedom he has. And, um, but, no, I think he's deserving um, of, of a head coaching job. And, obviously, this is the one left. And there's
1: potential that he was offered these other jobs and he turned them down to take Houston. I mean, we don't know the whole story yet, and maybe not. I'm not saying that he, that he was offered a job anywhere else. Um, but, you know, there was a lot of talk about him in, in a few different places. It's going to be interesting to see kind of where Houston goes. And I think it's a win-win in the sense that if, if Deshaun Watson stays, then you have Deshaun Watson. If Deshaun Watson goes, then you more than likely have a ton of draft capital that's going <laughs> to come back. I mean, you think about it, um, quarterbacks far, uh, far less talented than Deshaun Watson have garnered, you know, three first-round picks um, and more uh, things as well. So I think uh, at the end of the day, it's kind of a win-win when it comes to quarterback in Houston, but uh, there is a lot of question marks there, a lot of uh, salary stuff. I mean, they're talking about this season, J.J. Watt, could be gone in the offseason. Um, it could be a fresh fresh start there. Uh, but we'll see. We'll see what happens with it. Um, of course, the the big talk has been you know they need to hire a minority coach. More teams need to hire minority coaches. Robert Sala, the only minority coach hired, Uh, On this round of hires, as head coach, uh, a GM or two, and a number of coordinators, minorities have been hired as well. Um, You know, uh, we don't want to get into the race stuff right now. Um, That's another podcast for another day. But uh, Eric bien appears to be well qualified. He got offered the Colorado job last year, turned it down, I think, wisely. Um, Colorado really wanted him to come back and coach for them uh, in college, but uh, he decided to wait around for an NFL job and, And maybe this will be the one he gets. Uh, It'll be interesting to see where it all. If it's not the enemy, then the hire should be done very soon because all the other guys they've interviewed are available to be hired right now. Um, So we'll see. We'll see on all of that. All right, let's move on. Uh, We we spent a lot lot more time on that than I planned on. Uh, Let me quickly – well, let's start talking about this. Uh, The Pittsburgh Steelers, they have a little bit of a question mark at quarterback, Ben Roethlisberger, coming to the end of his career. They go out and they sign Dwayne Haskins, who was cut by Washington this year. He was obviously a first-round pick by Washington. And uh, a lot of immaturity issues this this season, things that went on this season. But it, I don't know that he ever had the support of his coaching staff either. Uh, does Dwayne Haskins, does, do you think he has the talent to still last in the NFL, or do you see him as one of those quarterbacks who – he gets another shot, but it really never goes anywhere, and and we'll never hear much from Dwayne Haskins again.
2: Uh, I don't know how well he will do. I think athletically, he has a lot of talent. You know, he can throw the ball. We saw that in college. Uh, there's been legitimate questions about can he read defenses. Um, you know, where is he at from that standpoint? I was, I mean, I guess it makes sense that they sign him. You know, um, and give him a shot. I wouldn't think that he's penciled in as the answer. Um, he might could win the job depends on what else they do. Um, they might even go get somebody else in free agency. Again, depending on these draft picks, a quarterback, there could be some guys available, um, you know, because there are several good quarterbacks coming out and um, could be, you know, they, they could have a shot maybe at somebody else. I was a little surprised on that one that they picked him up on the other hand. Um, You know, it probably doesn't hurt anything. And he's got talent. Um, You know, whether he has the maturity and whether he can lead the team and that, you know, depends too. Depends if they keep their wide receiver. Um, Some ways they've got talent. They got some running backs and Pittsburgh, you know, always has some good defense. But um, yeah, it was kind of interesting.
1: He's got a similar body build to Ben Roethlisberger, so so system wise that way. I don't know that how that fits and and what from there, but it's you know I think I was all for someone signing him. I think taking a chance on him. You're not spending a lot of money on him, and you know I mean if he can tap into that college, the college uh, success that he had in the pros, then obviously it's it's worth spending a little bit of money on. And Pittsburgh, I mean you're talking about. Their backups have not been great. Uh, Mason Rudolph looked good in the last game of the, the season this year, but he had a lot of opportunity to prove his worth and, and was unsuccessful. Josh Dobbs is still in Pittsburgh. He He's not really had much opportunity to show what he has, but I think Dwayne Haskins, it's worth, worth the swing, whether it's a home run or a miss is yet to be seen. Uh, quickly, before we go on to talk about Philip Rivers, I want to mention Blue Coolers, another one of our sponsors. At Blue Coolers, they provide high-quality, roto-molded, 10-day ice coolers. That means the ice lasts for 10 days in the cooler. They also have drinkware and other outdoor products. They aim to provide quality, high-performance products at a fraction of the price of the leading brands. Some, Dad, have even called them the Yeti Killers. Uh, their products are rugged, durable. Heavily insulated and come with a five-year warranty. We will post a link to Blue Coolers in the podcast notes and in the comment section of YouTube for people to take a look at their click-through. That link again, that will support us uh, and also uh, help those that are supporting us, Skull Candy and Blue Coolers sponsoring today's episode. All right, Dad, let's get into the topic of the hour right now, and that's Philip Rivers. He is retiring. Announced he's retiring. Is Philip Rivers a Hall of Fame quarterback? And uh, we'll get some more clarification. But what do you think, just off the top of your head on that?
2: Uh, no, I, I don't think so. I don't think he's Hall of Fame. I think he was good, a great quarterback, good quarterback, had success. I think when you look at the list of, I believe there's 24 quarterbacks in the Hall of Fame. And when you look at the ones that are there now, I don't know if there's any of them that you can say well philip rivers is better than them uh you know like this year you got peyton manning coming in sure you can look at people and say well peyton Manning's better than him peyton manning is better than him i don't know that you can you know he didn't win a, a super bowl dan marino didn't win a super bowl but i don't think he's dan marino um <clears throat> kurt warner did win super bowls and uh, i don't think he's as good as him jim kelly You know, is he better than Jim Kelly? I don't know. I mean, I remember Jim Kelly. The only one I think probably you could question would be Warren Moon. And I don't know that he is better or a lot better than Warren Moon. Now, you go way back. You know, I remember Sonny Jorgensen, but I don't remember a lot about his career. He probably doesn't have the numbers. But quarterback, it was a little different back then. I mean, you know, they were the face of the team, the face of the league had a lot of success. Um, to me, when you look at it, you just can't say he's better than a lot. Uh, now, maybe I wouldn't think he would make it his first year, first ballot when the time comes. Given time, yes, maybe so. Um, as you look at his stats, and again, I know you'll talk about that here in a little bit. Um, part of what I read was the reason his some of his stats are so good is because he played so long. Um, is why you know a lot of it was accumulated there um, I think he was a good quarterback no doubt about that um, and you know finished up good at, at Indianapolis but um, I would not say oh yeah no question he's a Hall of famer
1: so you threw me there when you said Kurt Warner is better than Philip Rivers now his he's got a Super Bowl so hes has more accomplishments but you would actually take Kurt Warner's career numbers, ability over Philip Rivers?
2: Um, I, well, one thing about Kurt Warner is he did it with different teams. Um, it wasn't just one team. And I think you always look at that with quarterbacks. I know I do. The deal is, okay, he's been in a system. He's been on a team. Could we put him anywhere and he has success? Uh, he did okay at Indianapolis. But, again, I mean, he was older. That isn't probably fair to make that one. Warner, on the other hand, um, yeah, had a lot of leadership. far as raw physical ability, you know, you might could question that. But part of a quarterback is leadership. And I think the fact that, you know, the success he had, and to me that he was with two different teams, I definitely don't think Phillip Rivers would be, well, there's no doubt he's a lot better than Kurt Warner. I don't think so.
1: Interesting. So, Philip Rivers, I think he deserves to be in the Hall of Fame just because of his trash talking um, and doing it all without cursing. Uh was pretty impressive. Just the, all his sound bites alone should make him a Hall of Famer. Huh. Philip Rivers, he uh, ends his career as a 65% completion. Uh, he has 63,440 yards, 421 touchdowns, 209 interceptions. He played in twelve playoff games. He was five and seven in those playoff games. He had thirty-five game-winning drives along his career, and you can question. I do not If I couldn't find the stat on how many uh, game-losing drives he led, because those those Chargers teams lost a ton of games yeah. by less than four points uh, in that stretch as well. So I compared his numbers with the guys he was drafted with, with Ben Roethlisberger and Eli Manning, and I looked at those two teams. Uh, are those two players as well? Uh, Roethlisberger, they're all around the same percentage, completion percentage. Um, Roethlisberger has 3,000 less yards passing, about 30 less uh, touchdowns, and eight less interceptions. So, Rivers numbers wise are better than Roethlisberger's numbers, but Roethlisberger has Super Bowl ring. And or does he have two Super Bowl rings? Rethlisberger might have two Super Bowl rings. Very and uh, Rivers has zero. Eli Manning, his numbers are, are far less than uh, Phillip Rivers. I say far less, but they're a fair amount less than Phillip Rivers. Um, and But again, he has Super Bowl rings. Phillip Rivers does not. And some would argue that Eli and Ben don't belong in the Hall of Fame either. Also looked at Matt Ryan. He's been in the league less years. Um, but he's on pace to be around that same number-wise as Philip Rivers. So a lot of people when they talk about Phillip Rivers, they talk about Matt Stafford and Matt Ryan, comparing them to to um, all else. I think Phillip Rivers is more deserving of a Hall of Fame at the current moment than Matt Stafford is. Because Stafford has had zero playoff success, even though he has some numbers and truly is a great quarterback. Um, I think Phillip Rivers is a Hall of Famer. I don't think he's a first-ballot Hall of Famer. Um, but I do think he is a Hall of Famer within the first three or four years that he's eligible. Um, and I think we'll see him go in just, just purely based off of his, his stats um, and all that goes with it. And, and, you know, you look at the older quarterbacks, like you mentioned, stats are going to be far less. But the systems were different. Everything was different about the NFL um, back in those days as well. Um, I'm still a little stuck on the Kurt Warner thing. I don't think Kurt Warner was a hall of fame quarterback, but that's, that's just my personal opinion. We can talk about that another day. Let's keep it moving. We're, we're, we're getting there. Um, it was announced today. Green Bay Packers, former general manager, Ted Thompson, uh, has passed away at the age of 68. Ted Thompson was general manager for several years in Green Bay. His very first draft pick was the one and only Aaron Rodgers. Um, He also made the trade to bring in Charles Woodson, which eventually led to a Super Bowl ring. Um, And a lot of people, especially in the Green Bay Packer world, have liked to really um, harp on Ted Thompson. Didn't like his his time as general manager thinking that he did a bad job drafting, and he had his fair share of draft busts. But I think overall, when you look at Ted Thompson's career as general manager in Green Bay, he was very successful. Uh, successful enough to bring in a franchise quarterback right behind a franchise quarterback, as well as bringing in a Super Bowl ring. Uh, since you are a part owner of the Packers, what are your thoughts on Ted Thompson and uh, his career and uh, the untimely passing?
2: Well, again, I looked um, a lot at uh, different interviews, videos today about Ted Thompson and. um of course, you know, now with his physical situation, you wonder how much that affected things in the last few years. Uh, a lot of it was, you know, he wasn't available to the media um, at the end. But the question is, you know, was he physically able to do that? I saw a real late interview with him today. And uh, it was it was a really good interview. But he, you know, I mean, he he struggled. You, I could see where he wouldn't do interviews all the time at that point. Um, Obviously, his good draft picks were very good. Um, they highlighted his second round wide receivers. <laughs> a lot of those are good. A lot of fourth round picks, linemen, offense and defense worked out real well. Um, seemed to have a knife for talent. You know, he made trades in some cases. I remember Clay Matthews saying getting him. And um, again, as a, G, as a GM, um, he, he has influenced a lot of people. He was very humble. He always talked about, Hey, I'm just a scout. I'm just a scout. And really, Ron Wolf is who I follow. I heard him say on several occasions, We're just doing what Ron Wolf told us to do. Um, it was interesting today that he talked about two major influences on him in football. One obviously was Ron Wolf, the other was Bum Phillips. And I think Bum Phillips was the one that gave him a chance to play. Uh, he was a linebacker for the Oilers. Uh, mainly special teams, um, but had a chance to play there. Um, definitely, he'll go down in the, you know, great in the Packer organization as a help. Now that he's passed, um, you know, the criticisms won't be there. And he, he has a lasting mark that'll be there for quite a bit. I uh, heard Coach LaFleur say today that, you know, he had a great influence on everyone in the building. Um, well, he personally had, didn't have much, you know, hadn't met him many times, uh, obviously people around staff, people, of course, all the scouting department players, um, you know, the Aaron Rogers thing, you know, you do look great on that one later on. A- and he went through some really hard things The Brett Favre thing. I mean, I don't think anybody would have wanted to have been the guy doing that. And, uh, <laughs> he was in the spot where he was. So, um, Again, you know, I I think he'll have a lasting legacy with the Green Bay Packers. Yep.
1: Hate to hear that. I was surprised by that when the news came across today and seeing several reactions from uh, present and past Green Bay Packer players as well as media members in Green Bay. Very emotional uh, talking about Ted Thompson and the the kind and humble man that he was. And uh, as Packer fans, I thought we would mention that in this podcast as well. Now let's get down to the the last bit here. We're talking about the uh, NFC and AFC championship games being played on Sunday. We'll start off with the three o'clock game, which is Tampa Bay visiting Green Bay. Uh, big storyline here: Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers meeting for the first time in the playoffs because they were always in different conferences before. And uh, you know, you have the the goat. I think you think it's hard to. Hard to argue that Tom Brady isn't the, the the greatest of all time. At the very least, he's the most accomplished quarterback of all time. Um, you could argue that talent and skill level may not match with that. But overall, he's, he's had an incredible career, all with New England. Now he's in Tampa. They come to Green Bay. The Packers' offense has looked elite and dynamic. Packers are three-point favorite, which is your standard home field advantage there. Um What are we thinking about this game? Uh, Last week, by the way, we got all all the games correct.
2: Yes, we did.
1: (laughs) Rare for this podcast, so congratulations on that. Uh, Let's talk about, though, Tampa Bay coming up to Green Bay. Uh, What are you expecting out of this
2: game? Um well I think again, I I think the Packers will come out on this. Um, if any player, I think the weather will be a part of it. I think the atmosphere. The Packer players seem to have been blown away by the crowd last week. Um, even though there wasn't quote, as many people there, the way it sounded, um, obviously the whole state is behind them. Um and you know, they, they have wanted this game in Green Bay for a long time. Well, they have it. So, they have either got to make it make it work or otherwise you can't say, well, you know, if we played at home. Um, again, you got Aaron Rodgers. Everything's clicking. I think um, I think Tampa Bay will be out coached. I think the scheme has been great the last few weeks. I think they'll have a scheme for this. Obviously, turnovers you know, can be a difference in the game. But again, I think the weather will help Green Bay. The field condition will help Green Bay. Um, You know, wind, just a lot of things there. Of course, Aaron Rodgers is hoping for snow, which could be in the forecast. It definitely has been cold. They're going to have a cold wind chill, whether the actual temperature is there or not. Um, And I think that will have an effect. Now, if any player in the NFL is capable of going into that kind of weather. It's Tom Brady. I mean, he's been around that, but does that carry over to his receivers and his running backs and people like that? Um, I think the cold weather tends to wear on a team later in the game. So I think if green Bay can stay close, um, or, or have the lead again, you know, I think we were all surprised at how well they ran the ball last week. So if they have a scheme and they can make it, make, make it move this time, uh, the key will be turnovers, and the key will be capitalizing on big plays. You can't drop a wide open pass. You can't drop an interception. Um, you need to catch those and take advantage of it. Um, what little I've seen of Tampa Bay, and I've seen some on TV this year, I do think if you get ahead of them and if you get going, they're going to start yelling at each other. There's defensive guys will do that. Brady yells at people. Um, And I I mean, that can be a motivation, but he hasn't been there that long. I don't know that everybody's bought into that. As far as motivation, Aaron Rodgers, everyone wants to win it for him. Mm -hmm. Um, At Tampa Bay, everyone wants to win it, I'm sure. Do they want to win it for Tom Brady? Tom Brady's got six rings. (laughs) Um, I mean, are, are they as motivated with that? The advantage for Tom Brady winning this is he sticks it to Bill Belichick. Yeah. Um, but as far as, you know, the team and they've got some young talent, so it, it will be interesting. If this game wasn't at home, it'd be very interesting. You would like to think, um, they'll use, they'll use it, the crowd, to weather, everything at their advantage, the coaching, the schemes, and, um, they'll pull this off and, and get to a Super Bowl.
1: Yeah, Brady is still still very good especially for his age, but he yeah. is, his talent is decreasing, his arm strength is decreasing, those sorts of things. So a cold windy night is definitely playing into the favor of Green Bay. And you mentioned it about, you know, Tom Brady start yelling at players and things if they get behind. The other thing is the Packers have been phenomenal when they've been ahead because with their pass rush has been able to pin their ears back and go when they're ahead by a couple touchdowns. So Smith, Preston Smith, uh, Rashawn Gary has been phenomenal this year as well. Kenny Clark going up the middle. Um, That's where the Packers strength is on defense is when, when they know that the other team's passing and they can just go after the quarterback. That's opened up opportunities for uh, the safeties to come up with interceptions. The cornerbacks have played very well this year as well. Um, and, uh, you know, I think it's interesting, too. You said that you think the Buccaneers will easily get out outcoached. Um, I know you're not a huge Bruce Arians fan. Um, it'll be interesting to see how it all plays out. Um, you know, in the game in the regular season, the Packers got behind early uh, interception, which Rodgers has not thrown very many of those this season, uh, but he had a really bad game against Tampa. And then it just kind of fell apart uh, at that point. But uh, it's a different different time of year. The Packers are, are – I just – I know everybody thinks I'm biased, but I don't see any offense playing as good as the Packers have been playing recently. And I mean, Kansas city's not been this good. They have as much talent or more talent on their offense, but they've not been clicking the way that green Bay's been clicking right now. And uh, so I think the Packers come out on top. I think it's potentially um, a comfortable win for green Bay. Um, I'm knocking on wood, but uh, I think, I think potentially this is a comfortable win for green Bay, but we're sitting there in the last three to four minutes not having to worry about is uh, some stupid tight end going to blow a onside kick or something like that uh, here at the end of it all. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, 0-3 in his last um, NFC Championship games, but none of those have been in Green Bay, and so a big opportunity for sure for Green Bay. Uh, Matt LaFleur as well, his second year coaching, his second year in the NFC Championship game. That's quite the success for a guy that everybody thought uh, was going to get fired after one year just because him and Aaron Rodgers didn't get along. Let's move on to the AFC Championship game. you got the Buffalo Bills versus the Kansas City Chiefs. Patrick Mahomes has practiced again today, second day that he's been at practice, so we assume that he is back and will be ready to go for Sunday. The Chiefs are a three-point favorite, so again, just getting the standard home field advantage when you're talking about uh, the line. Buffalo has been pretty pretty solid this season. Uh, Going into Kansas City, not much of a home field advantage as normal, at least, in Kansas City right now. What do you expect out of the AFC Championship game,
2: um, should be a very good game. Um, I, I think Kansas City will win, um, and mainly I think Buffalo. Buffalo has been very, very good. No question about that. Is improved. I think if inexperience is going to hit them, it'll be in the AFC Championship. As far as pressure, as far as just they haven't been there. Um, now I tried to think through and I may be missing somebody on their lineup, but I'm trying to think, um, again, you know, when I think of the Packers, you got Aaron Rodgers. you got a couple people, Hey, I've been there telling everybody, here's how to get prepared for this. I don't know who that person is in Buffalo. Um, you know, they have a young quarterback, um, Diggs has not been there before, even though he's, you know, very good. And maybe there is somebody, I don't know, there may be an offensive lineman. There may be somebody who can do that, Um, but we'll see. I think, you know, again, the Chiefs have been there. The Chiefs know what it takes. Um, Again, you know, at times they haven't played extremely well. uh, And Buffalo has. Uh, It just seems like to me, I mean, I kind of have to pick Kansas City. I think the fact that they've been there, um, Buffalo, you know, great team, and they'll be back. No question about that. They're young and And it wouldn't be a shock if they go if they go to the 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 Super Bowl. but um I would pick Kansas City.
1: I'm gonna go against you on this one. I think Buffalo gets the win. Kansas City this year, as talented as they are, they just have not seemed to have that motivation. Um, that that urgency with them, and they haven't really had to have it <laughs> to this point, and they've won pretty much all their games this season. So I get all of that, but I just, to me, um, if there's a chance to upset Kansas City, it's this week, and uh, the Buffalo Bills are healthier than Kansas City, and I think that there is a, a motivation. You could also call it nervousness, probably in Buffalo, where it's not in Kansas City, but. I think all the pressure's on Kansas City. I don't think Buffalo – I mean, I think they're playing with house money right now. They're just going to go in and uh, and play. And it's really going to come down to Josh Allen if he's going to turn the ball over or not. He made some silly mistakes against Indianapolis and uh, was able to come out with the win still. But uh, I think uh, I think Josh Allen is is the guy right now where he can take it over the top. And, uh, and you know, you look at the numbers too, Super Bowl champions returning – Uh, And specifically winning back-to-back years doesn't happen uh, really ever with the exception of Kansas or with New England. But uh, that doesn't mean they can't make it to the Super Bowl and still lose. But I I think Buffalo wins this game. If I was a betting man, I am not. I would not bet on this game. (laughs) But nonetheless, I'm going to pick Buffalo because I think it's too boring for us to go the same picks both back-to-back weeks. So uh, I've got Green Bay winning and Buffalo winning. I think honestly, I don't think there's a surprise to be had in this in in these two games. I think if the Buccaneers win, I don't think anybody would go, boy, that's a shocker. Um, I think that I think more people assume Green Bay is going to win the Tampa, but I don't think it'd be a total surprise. And I think the same is true with Buffalo and Kansas City um, as well. At the end of the day, we don't want to see Tom Brady in another Super Bowl, so let's go yeah. with anybody but Tom Brady, and we'll be okay uh, uh, from this from this end as uh, as well.
2: All right. One, one interesting little sidelight that I don't know that you would have seen. And I just kind of happened to as far as um, being in the Super Bowl. You, you and I are both familiar with the Alabama basketball coach. Mm-hmm. And at his closing interview, they said, hey, you're from Wisconsin. Um, you've been at Buffalo. Is that, wouldn't that be great to see those two teams in it? And he, he grinned again. He, he, you know, he was pretty calm most of the interview, but at the end he grinned and said, yeah, but I'm from Wisconsin. Go pack, go. And uh, I thought that was But he said, yeah, it'd be great to see Buffalo in it too. Tried to be right. But um, I knew of course, he was from Wisconsin and that, that was interesting. They brought that out because he was just very serious the whole interview and they did get him to laugh and smile at that.
1: Well, I've been trying to get Nate Oates to come on the podcast, and we've been unsuccessful to this point. Uh, but that's another reason to like them uh, yeah. here for the Packers. Um, me and Dad are not fans of rappers, but Lil Wayne is our favorite rapper, as he's a Packer <laughs> fan. And uh, <laughs> we've got lots of lots of people we like simply because they like the same teams as us. But nonetheless, it's going to be a good weekend. I think either way, we're going to get two good football games and it uh, should be an exciting Sunday afternoon for sure. It's hard to believe the NFL season's almost over. Um, we'll have a, a week break after this with uh, football. No Pro Bowl this year, uh, but a, a little two week break before the Super Bowl should be a good time as well. I want to remind everyone that's listening to go visit our sponsors. Again, we'll have a link in the podcast notes and in the YouTube comment sections uh, Skull Candy. Uh, as they've got a ton of great deals going on right now, discounted earbuds, discounted headphones, other things going on. So make sure you go visit Skullcandy. use our link so that they know that you, uh, came to them through us would surely appreciate this, the support there. And then also blue coolers. If you're an outdoors person, if you like to go camping, fishing, hiking, and you need a solid rugged uh, dependable cooler. I know that everyone runs to one brand, but blue cooler is more affordable and I'm telling you they're just as good. So make sure you go to the link, uh, that we provide for you to go to blue coolers and get your uh, coolers. They also have drinkware, they have other outdoor products, um, some, some first aid and, and things like that as well. Uh, but a five-year warranty on their coolers and a 10 day, uh, they keep, Keeps ice for 10 days. That's a long time. So uh, great products there as well. Thank them for thanking us. Also, don't forget to visit bellyupsports.com. You'll find other podcasts similar to ours. Well, some of them are similar. We're, we're kind of unique uh, compared to most of them there. But uh, uh, there are good podcasts there. We've had folks on from the FN Sports uh, podcast. And then I was also on No Credentials Required. There are several good podcasts on bellyupsports.com as well as interviews or, excuse me, articles and things like that as well. Dad, it's been fun. Thank you for coming on again tonight. Uh, we'll, 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 we'll have another episode talking about the Super Bowl here in a couple of weeks and then uh, I'm hoping, working really hard to book some guests uh, uh, here. We've got some, a lot of stuff going on in the news, college football world, Tennessee, a lot of some fun in Tennessee, working on booking somebody to talk about that. Um, and other things going on as well. So, so working hard to, to get some more really good guests on the show. Um, but, uh, dad, again, thank you so much for being on with me. Hope that you had a good time and, and I'm glad that we were able to give some, some solid football information for the listeners.
2: <laughs> All right. Thank you.
1: All right. Thank you everybody for listening today to the sports stove podcast. You can find us on Twitter at sports stove or on Instagram, the sports stove pod. And of course, uh, if you're listening to this on podcast form, we do have a YouTube channel. You can look us up, the Sports Stove Podcast, and we'd love for you to subscribe, and rate, and review, and share, and tell the world all about us. Thank you again to our sponsors, Skull Candy and Blue Coolers. Until next time, we will see you around the sports.